Yes, people, how are you doing? It's episode, what, 353 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Are you well? Uh, where am I? I am um, in the place of Tiny Tempest Song, Scunthorpe. I'm in Scunthorpe right now uh, in the travel lodge. I'm getting ready to go home, but let me just quickly put the podcast in. Let's just get a bit of it in at least, and then I won't have so much to do. Um, so yeah, I'll probably record this bit here and then do my dear Deirdre in the car, you know, when I'm in the car park somewhere, I'll do it there. But, um, how's your week been? My week's been interesting, has it? Has it been interesting? Am I lying? Am I just saying it's been interesting? It actually hasn't. No, it's, I've gigged all over the place, uh, quite a lot this week. Wednesday I was in Wembley, Thursday I was in, uh, Dulwich and Croydon. Friday, I was up in Cockfasters, and then Saturday, up in Scunthorpe, um, just trying, well, Scunthorpe, not trying to dog tickets for my show, I just told jokes on stage instead, the other shows, oh, uh, four shows I was at, um, just trying to dog tickets, and um, everyone takes a card, everyone bloody takes a card, don't they, oh yeah, I have one of those, yeah, 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 I have one of those, yeah, I have one of those, and then um, you just don't see any purchase, but here's the thing, I know human beings. I love you. I love us, but I hate you, and I hate us. I do. I do. Because what's going to happen is no one's going to buy a ticket, even though they've got the card in their hand. That will take them immediately to the ticket link. And what they're not, what they're going to do is they're going to wait and 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 wait. And then the last week, they're like, oh, shit, shall we go to that thing? Yeah, let's go. And then they'll buy a ticket. And then people won't be able to get tickets, and they'll be like, oh, tickets sold out, can I come help, <laughs> help me, help me get a ticket. And it's like, if people just buy tickets as soon as they know they're going, then it even allows me the option to go, oh, do you know what, shall we put on a second show? See, that's, but do you know what, that's not you guys, that's me. I need to get to that level where, you know, where it's the thing of people know the time. Darren's released the tickets, his tour show at 10am. And people are like, oh, I'm pissed off, man. I was on there at 10.05. They sold out. That's that's where I need to go to. So it's not on you. It's on me. It's on me. I need to get to that level where people respect my team. Where they're like, let me just get tickets now. But you can only get in tickets for my show from Via Gogo, Having to pay like 200% premium. And that's what I want. All right? <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, but the week's been good. It's been fun. I should have noted things down because little things kept on popping up. And I was like, I, I should, I should write that down. I should write it down. That can be fun to talk about on the pod. I remember to talk about that, and I never remember to talk about these things ever. Never remember to talk about these things. Um, but it, it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. We are here now. What's going on in the world? See, don't know. I've finished watching Alan Bates versus the Post Office. That's flipping amazing. Um, shout out. Stab because Stab said that he dropped a he dropped a little eye water got a bit teary eyed watching the end, and I was like, let's if say I can't remember exactly but let's say the last episode is an hour long, I was fifty minutes in, and I was like, there's there's nothing in here that's remotely tear jerking. What is he talking about? Because I'm not like a bad man who doesn't cry. I was like, there's nothing in here that's tear jerking. Then I got to about fifty five minutes in, I was like, oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Ah, oh dear. It is what it is. So I used to be someone who... 
I don't. I went through a phase where I really just didn't cry. Nothing moved me to cry. Um, and then it is so cliche, but yeah, having the kids, having my daughter, I don't. It's just like there's a it unlocks a different part of your brain where you're just like, oh, oh I'm I'm, uh, I'm crying about this thing. <laughs> I feel emotional about this thing. What's happened here? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's uh, the general love for your kids or there's literally a, a hormonal shift in your brain. There probably is some kind of study on it where things that just didn't meet the threshold to make you cry, now just make you cry. I think uh, the other day, what did Sadie do? Xavier was crying. And I was... The, so Naomi was getting Xavier ready for bed. I was getting Sadie ready for bed. It's a little two-on-two there. Man-marked. It's all right there. No, no overloads in the box. It's fine. Um, and Xavier's crying. I think he was teething. And Zadie, and what Zadie has a muzzy, right? She has a muzzy, a muslin cloth that she uses as a comforter um, for bed. But she tries to, uh, she tries to take it out of her cot. Very annoying. It's one of the bones of contention in that house. That uh, whenever what, whenever Naomi sees her with the muzzy, she's like, "Why have you let her have that?" I was like, "I haven't. I don't know how she got that. That was." That was high up, but Zadie would have just found one in the laundry or something. She doesn't have a particular muzzy, which is good, but then it's also annoying because she will take any muzzy, and that's her thing. But anyway, getting ready for bed. She's got a muzzy because she's getting ready for bed. You're allowed to have it then. And she looks at me and she goes, Zabby's crying. I said, yeah, because she's upset. I said, yeah. And then she goes, um, because do you think he wants my muzzy? Uh, you understand, this attachment this girl has to her muzzy. It's just like, you take it away from her, she'll start crying. But she she was willing to give it to her brother to stop her from crying. And she, she took it and she just... And before I could even say anything, she just pushed past me, just marched down the hallway into the room and goes, um, give Zabby my muzzy, he's crying. And I was just stood by the door, I was like, ha, 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 ha. It's just so sweet. It's such a nice thing to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he returns the favour. Because she cannot stand this guy, but she also loves this guy so much. It's a typical sister-brother relationship. She finds him so annoying. The moment he crawls towards her, it's a meltdown. Like, she's eating snacks, and he even has the audacity to look at her to see what she's got in her plate. She's like, no, mine! No, mine! Mine! No! No, I think oh, I'm not in the room. I'm like, oh, jeez, he's he's probably climbing up the the chair. He's pulling the plate from her. I go into the room. The little boys on the other side of the room playing with toys, just just staring. I was like, leave him alone, man. <laughs> but there's other times this guy is just fully assaulting her. So we'll see. I'll be interested to see if he has that those moments where he's like, I need to I need to look out for my sister. Which would be nice if he does. Um, yeah, he already has that kind of little brother energy of when she's crying, he kind of looks at me. Like, if he's crying, especially if she's crying, she be told off by, by Nobi. He'll look at me as if, like, hey, yo, what's what's happening here? Because <laughs> he's quite a chill baby. Like, if he gets hurt, he doesn't even cry that much. Like, he'll... The door hit him in the head the other day. Like, he tried to close the door, but didn't realise his own head was between... 
bang it in his head and he just gives a kind of one he's like you right he's like you pick him up and he's like ah just hold his head <laughs> and then he kind of gives you a pat be like no nah, i'm all right i'm all right put me down put me down i'm right i'm right i'm right okay <laughs> so when he does cry through pain he's like oh shit he must he must be real pain like when he's teething mad but um but yeah that's that's been my week really i know shit's happened in the news big shit's happened what what's happened um when nikki and and uh what's her name make the stallion with beef in and yeah i just really didn't care really didn't care i tried to get into it um it's not that i'm above the beef it's not that i'm you know i'm, I'm better than that it's no i just i just started listening to, i listened to meg's song i was like okay yes yeah this is this is a song and then like, so I got about 40 odd seconds into Nikki's song. I was like, that, do what? I don't, I don't give a shit. I actually don't give a shit. Don't, I don't care. Why am I investing in this? Just, nah, I can't be bothered. Um, what else is going on in my house? Do what? A few things happening in my house. So, our little, um, so our, our house was extended like back in the 80s. So our sewage pipe um, what's it? I think it's called like an SVP. Yeah, I think it's sewage vent pipe. Anyway, most a lot of people's houses, a sewage vent pipe has um, has like a a vent that goes either outside of the house or up into the loft, right? Because that, that's how the house is built. New houses, that's how they go. So you will see like a little hole in the in the roof, or it's within the loft because they don't want to damage the aesthetics, right? So cool. Whereas our house is old and it's extended in the eighties at the back, so that sewage vent pipe, which would have been outside, is now inside the house. It literally runs through the centre of the house, um, but it has no external vent. But it's got like a certain valve in there that basically pushes any kind of bad odours down. And what's happened is due to a flipping storm, Stormisha, and get our storm. <laughs> Apparently, he's blown the wind back up the pipe and it's created like an air trap in there of some sort. Where now our house, from time initially, it was smelling constantly, uh, and now it's just got a it, it, it pongs every now and again. But it's like there's no way of getting rid of it. A plumber came round very nicely, said, I'm not charging you anything because there's nothing I can actually do. Because we need to just fill out bleach, put bleach down all the sinks and toilets overnight. And then just rinse that through and that should get rid of the smell. Uh, we've done that now, twice. It hasn't got rid of the smell. I messaged him and go, hey, um, you got any other suggestions? This guy's aired me. So if any of you guys know any plumbers and you know how to get rid of this, please let me know. Even if it's something I have to pay for, even if it's some kind of, like, I was a bubbling up crystals need to pour down this i don't know but just let me know how to get rid of this because this cannot continue it can't it can't continue because the worst bit is if you have a bad smell in your house isn't smelling the smell it's not smelling the smell well you come in but oh, but the smell's gone and then like your partner comes in and goes what's that smell it's like ah oh, shit that means i'm just used to it <laughs> you think that that kind of that can't happen. I've got so many things to fix as well. Home ownership is one of those things that you can't really moan about because we're in the cost of living crisis and those people really don't own their house. 
uh, people getting their homes repossessed and all this shit. So moaning about your home ownership is like moaning about your parents at an orphanage, right? It's just like, no one wants to hear this shit. <laughs> yeah, your parents be annoying, but literally I have none. Uh, but home ownership is, is, yeah, it's just issue after issue. So you've got this, you've got that. Okay, not a major issue. A vacuum cleaner broke when I managed to fix that. Um, so that, that's good. So I'm happy about that one. Naomi's car broke down, warning light, engine light, saying take this to a garage immediately. Yeah, I mean, it, she couldn't even drive it at full speed. Um, but that's resolved itself. I went to drive to the garage and it was working. But now that makes me nervous. I think, is that just going to break down when it's just her and the kids in the car and I'm like hurtling down the motorway to go to work? Then um, I've got our fence. Our fence is broken. The wind absolutely beat the shit out of that, so I need to find a way of fixing the fence. Um, I've seen there's a little bit of cracking happening in the wall. It's just like, ugh. It's just long. It's actually long. So long, so long. Um, so, yeah. All of that shit happening. All of that shit happening in the house. And then, um, yeah, I'm still still um, waiting for... Did I tell you about what happened to the planning permission for, to get this drive done? This drive that I have no money to do. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, apparently the flipping council website went down. Their system went down. So they haven't even been able to access any planning applications. It's like, this world, it's proper shit, isn't it? The stuff's falling apart all over the place. Got all the wars and that kicking off. I think I spoke about it last week. They're still going on. And that's it. It's, it's crazy how quick the turnaround is with the apathy, man. They spoke about potential national service in a week after. I haven't thought about that shit since. <laughs> Not once. I was like, I know I ain't going. And that's all I need to think about. And that's it. Um, what else? What else has happened in this world? What else? Da, 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 da. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Should be prepared. A bit more prepared. The way is, I've had too much sleep, people. That's that's the issue. I'm too relaxed. Um. So, that person's following me. That's nice. Them to follow me. Um. Let's see. So I'm on the wrong bit of Twitter. Or X. I still can't call it X. Well, this is stuff that's for me. Diffy egg. No, I don't think so. Trending. Bratzy is these. Did that happen yesterday? Missed it. Absolutely missed it. Ben Whitaker. All oh, right, so there's some good boxing stuff happening yesterday. Fury. Ah, oh, yeah. Tyson. Bloody Fury. Pulling out of a fight. Again. Well, oh, it's postponed. I mean, look. Accidents happen, injuries happen, but it's just the rate this guy pulls out of fights. It's ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I, I said I weren't going to get excited about that fight until I saw Tyson Fury walking down. Not even walking down, just in the ring. In the ring, and then touch gloves. Because until that point, the fight just ain't going to happen. Just, there's no guarantee the fight will happen when it comes to this guy. 
And I said, and if it is just a thing, of, it's a series of unfortunate events, then I feel bad for him that it keeps on happening to him. Because I'm to ah, Tyson. But um, no, it's, it's ridiculous now. It's actually ridiculous. Uh, right, let's see. What's this? Oh, this looks fun. So it's the theatre that I'll be hosting my show at. Now, sorry, I'm just yeah, this is really boring chat, but obviously there there's a theatre show, and they don't have. I know they're not recording it, so therefore their lighting is way darker. And the problem is, with comedy, it's good to have dark rooms when you're doing comedy. But when you're filming it, the room has to be lighter for the for like the cameras apparently. So that's what I've been told, but I can't stand it. I went to watch um, I went to watch Mickey over and record her her special in the same venue. Very funny show, so keep your eye out for that when that comes out. And uh, show's called Precipice. Keep your eye out for that. But yeah, but I couldn't help but notice I can see everyone in the crowd, and I hate that because there's there's a part of comedy that there's this kind of that deep psychology of you're trying to tap into people's subconscious when you that that's that's what comedy is my subconscious meeting your subconscious that that gets the biggest laugh and let me explain how that manifests inside you as an audience member it's when you hear a joke and you didn't know you thought that thought right so it's, it's a of joke because the comedian will say something and you go yeah that's right i've been saying this for time wasn't i saying this in the car on the way here cool that's that's one level of joke but it's when the comedian says something and you didn't know that's what you thought and you're like shit and that's what gives you that big belly laugh that it's like i didn't even know i thought that but yeah that is hilarious because um, they just always say just words Words are doing certain movements, and uh, for it to make sense, you, you, you've got to have something in your head that can process the information we're giving you, whether that is your own experiences, prejudices, whatever it is. And and when it's like I said, it's subconscious, and it's from a place where you didn't even know it was there. You feel a bit vulnerable, a bit exposed. So to laugh, you need to feel the security to be able to laugh with no judgment. But when you can see other people's faces, they can see yours. When someone makes that joke about uh, sex, make that joke about race, make that joke about um, sexuality, gender, ability, politics, anything that you hold personal to yourself, you, you can't. You're not as free to laugh. That's what happens. So. Um, Unless you're super confident in, in your views about everything, then you just laugh or whatever. But it's like when someone makes an off-key joke at work. You're like, I need to look around. Any of my line managers here? No. Anyone from HR here? No. Okay, I will proceed to chuckle and raise an eyebrow. <laughs> so that's what it is. Um, but, yeah, man. Looking forward to that. What, what, what else? What else? Other stuff. Have I watched anything on TV? Have I... 
can't. I can't think. That's cool. Chips doing the rounds for for podcasts. Now I've I've been on shout out ESN. That's the only podcast I've been on in the run up for for my show. Um I've uh if anyone wants to invite me on this show, I'm like I'm fully ready. Fully ready to come on your show. Preferably if it's done by Zoom, don't have to leave my house. But yeah man, I'm gonna come on your show. I want to uh what pores? <laughs> I want to be on your show um, to, pl- to flog some tickets. Got a few press releases coming out. Did an interview with uh, The Voice. So we'll see when that's released. I didn't interview The Voice, so keep your eye out for that. Um, yeah, there will guess there'll be more of those. But you know, I want, I want to connect to the people more, right? I want, so I want to be on your podcast. Don't be, don't feel like, oh, my podcast only has six listeners. If you don't want to come on, I will. I'll come on. As I said, I'm always in that middle stage in my career of comedy where people think I'm too big for certain things and I'm not actually big enough for other things. I guess that's always the way, right? I've had some people invite me onto their pods and I've gone, yeah. And like the way they've reacted, it's like you'd think I was like Denzel Washington or something. Like, oh, like really? I'm like, yeah. Well, why wouldn't I come on your pod? Sure. Yeah, you know I mean, they're like, oh yeah, shit. Okay. They're like the shock to come on. So I'm, I'm not literally no one. But then, yeah. But then also, I'm I've got a big status in some people's minds. In other people's minds, when it comes to booking certain things, like nah. Not there yet, mate. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> right, um, is there anything else? Anything else from the cover? Because I feel like I've only been talking for like eight minutes. Um, how long have I been talking for? 22, Jesus, and I've said nothing. 20 minutes of absolute nothing. Uh, is there anything else I can cover here? I might just do Dear Deirdre and just get this pod flipping done. Uh, let's have a quick look at tickets for my show as well because this is the thing it's so fun to tickets you just obsess just refreshing your your seating map see if anyone has pulled their finger out to buy tickets uh, oh someone has bought their one ticket on their own that ticket was a very stubborn ticket okay Right, a ticket has been purchased in that time. One solitary ticket. So there's a ticket of, uh, there's a table of three, and there's one spare seat, and they've taken that. There's one spit seat on the front row still, which won't bother me, to be fair, but it will bother me. <laughs> uh, I've already got in my mind to that ticket to go to anyway. Um, if they don't purchase a ticket, I'll give them this ticket. I know who who that's going to. Um, yeah, but the balcony's open, people. So go go grab tickets uh, for the balcony. Um, and look, you you be able to do some little bit of um, bit of celeb spotting if you want. There's some there's some legends. There's some legends there. Oh, where I just got a Google alert for myself. <laughs> oh dear. 
Google it for myself right there. It's from, uh, what is this from? Beyond the Joke. So you got to have Google that song for yourself if, if you're in this game. You need to know what's being said about you out on these streets. Streets. Um, so yeah, Beyond the Joke, Bruce DeSalle. Um, I do not consent to these cookies. Very cool, brilliant. Um, what, what can you actually do? Definitely one of those uh, websites that only comedians know exists. I think. Do you, if let me know. Do you know Beyond the Joke? I mean, do what it's fine. It's it's an industry. It's an industry website, so industry people will will see. But oh. Put my head in to see that. Didn't get a chance to see that in Edinburgh. I'll come and see it. So, um, look, this is all very boring, this podcast. I'm just talking about myself, about my show, and not about my actual views on anything. It's just, I've been, it's just been full on. It's been full on this week. So, I don't know what's been going on in the outside world. So, I'm sorry. I don't have any views on anything. Well, I did that in, in the week. I just can't remember them. But let's see. Let's see if I just scroll through Facebook. Is there anything that jumps out there? AFCON Best 11. Haven't really watched um, AFCON. Um, no, it's nothing. Let's just no. There's nothing, nothing here, nothing. If I edited the pod, I would have edited all that little silence out. So let's just get um Alright, let's just get this let's get it into Dear Deirdre. Just bleed this out, fuck it. Get tickets for my show though, get tickets for my show. Dear Deirdre <laughs> Dear Deirdre. Nah, it can't be the same one. It's just all it's the same. It's every week it's the same. It's just someone's got a sexual kink that their partner doesn't like. But what? What's happening? Is it? Is there like a generation of people who are just repressed sexually and they're getting with people that they shouldn't be getting with, and then it's just bubbling, it's bubbling over. When they're five years into a relationship, they're like, ah, do I? Can't, oh, I can't hold this anymore. I, I I like to dress as a cat. I like to dress as a cat. Have sex with me from behind and let me meow in pleasure. Meow. Which is like, is that what? I don't know. I feel like that's what's happening. It's um because it's happening too often on on dear Deirdre. Um. No, some flipping now. Somebody's they've gone dark. These dear Deirdre's. My husband is not interested in sex with me. He blames my beige knickers. Okay, that's funny. Because the next one is my stepbrother raped me when I was a child and keeping it a secret is killing me. So, I ain't reading that one. I mean, I'm funny and I can extract humour out of, I believe, every situation. Uh, but sometimes, it's just a thing called discernment and taste. <laughs> uh, that's not censorship. 
That's common sense. <laughs> um, yeah, so, dear Deirdre, husband is not interested in sex. He blames my knickers. I eventually agreed with my husband that opening up our marriage could inject some fun in our bedroom. But the reality is our sex life is dead and he blames it on my beige knickers. Just change your knickers then. I'm 39, he's 41. We, we met four years ago and I fell in love fast. I, I bet it's not your beige knickers. I bet it's one of those classic moments where a man expresses how he feels. He didn't want to. He didn't want to express how he feels. He wanted to ball it up and just deal with it. He wasn't actually dealing with it. He was he was acting moody and acting a prick and probably bringing on some kind of early stage prostate cancer in himself because he's just balling up all that emotion and just pushing it down and not actually telling anyone what's wrong, right? But he'd rather do that than say what's wrong that his wife has been trying to just like drag out of him and excavate those feelings out of him. Go, come on, what is it? What is it? What's going on? What's wrong? You've been in the mood. What is it? The way you ate your chips is an off-key way. Oh, you've been very passive-aggressive. Tell me, what's going on? What's going on? And then the man expresses how he feels. And remember, this conversation meant to be about his feelings, his thoughts, his emotions, and in about 4.2 seconds of the conversation starting... It will now be about her feelings and her thoughts and her emotions in reaction to your feelings and thoughts and emotions. And now we're trying to manage her feelings. And now it's the thing of it gets over, it gets heated. She's misinterpreted what you've said. You haven't really thought about how you're feeling. Uh, you don't really know how to articulate it. She's misinterpreted what you've said now. And now she's upset. And now you're outside your house and you're in your car thinking, fucking hell, what has happened there? And you're texting each other and this tension. You're feeling, oh, why do I feel like I need to apologise? <laughs> that's what I feel that's happened. Now, every man who's heard that I know for a fact has gone through exactly what I've just said. And it's like, go, why don't men express themselves? It's like, because it's not fucking worth it. It's never worth it, guys. It's never worth it. Just let them moan at you all day. And you just go, yep, sorry, babe. Yep, no, nope, deal with that in a minute. Yep, no, nope, hear ya. That's my, that's my go-to, like, I hear ya. No, I hear that. Yeah, I hear ya. <laughs> I feel like nobody's clocking on with that one, though. Yeah, I hear ya. Because what I hear you means, it doesn't mean I understand. It means you've said something and I heard you say it. I hear ya. Uh, I think that's come from when she used to say things, I used to just stare at her and not respond. And she goes, could you actually acknowledge that you listened to what I've just said? So now it's, I hear you. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Honestly, guys, it's, it's never worth it. It's never worth it. Women want to hear your things. They don't. Women want a man who's emotionally intelligent. They don't. They don't. They, 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 when they say they want emotional intelligence, what they want is you'd have the intelligence to cope with their emotions. So when they act crazy, you're emotionally intelligent enough to just shut the fuck up and let it happen. Or to just be their cheerleader. Um, that's something that persists in my relationship with Naomi. She knows I'm not a cheerleader. Um, I always say you need to speak to all your friends if you're the cheerleader. I'm here to give you what I think is the best advice. 
to get you out of this situation, whatever situation it is, whether it's a disagreement with a friend or a work thing, that's what I'm there for. And then I read something somewhere. When I say read something, I heard it somewhere, and I thought, this is solid advice. I need to uh, adopt this. I still haven't adopted it, but I know it's actually good advice. It's when someone meets you with emotion, meet them with emotion. And then when they're in a place that they're, they're calm, then you can meet them with logic. If you meet emotion with logic, it just pisses them off. So, example, the, the example the person gave um, was they went to watch their friend at... Um, <laughs> I'm, free, I'm setting myself up here. They went to watch their friend um, in a theatre production, and he said the theatre production was awful, she was awful, it was, it was horrible. Um, but he was in the foyer with uh, her and her family, and she come bounding off stage, and she's like, ah, what do you guys think? And he's like, I'm not going to lie to my friend. Is, but there's no need for me to be honest in this moment because it's, that is just there's you know, it just wouldn't help. So he said, "I loved seeing you on stage," which was technically true. And he was like a, he was a director himself, so it wasn't like a thing of he's just a, a mate. He was a director, so his view actually had some weight to it. So then it's only been a few days later the emotion had settled down. She'd asked for actual pointers. What do you like? How, and what do you think you could have done to improve? And he was just like, "Ah, okay. Now here's the time for the conversation." And I was like, "Hmm, that makes sense." He goes, "Now I met emotion with emotion. She's very excited. What was I excited about? I met her with that. So that was when your missus comes home, or your man, because sometimes we, you know, we do have the occasion where we express ourselves. We come home pissed off about something. What's wrong, babe? Oh, this happened at work. This happened at work." I have to train myself to not go, well, why don't you just do that? And why don't you just do this? And why don't you do that? What I need to say is, ah, that happened at work. That sounds stressful. I understand how that stressed you out. Uh, did you get any chance to, like, de-stress in the moment or since then? And I know. It's like, okay, maybe you like, relax, have a cup of tea or something. Just work on that emotion level. Do you want, do you want something to de-stress? Do you, want, do you want me to do this so you can unwind a bit? And even just saying that, just to offer, the acknowledgement, usually just, you see, you literally see the levels just drop. to like, nah, don't worry, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, I'm fine. It just pissed me off a bit. So, okay, cool. Well, just let me know. Let me know if you need any help. And that's it. That's what you do. Trust me, guys. That's my advice to you. Just do that. And then you'll see a day later or hours later, you're about to go to bed. They're like, what do you think, why do you think they did this? And it's like, wait, are you, he said, those ambiguous question there is, are you asking for like, emotional advice there? Or you, you want the emotional support? Do you actually want some advice? Because I can tell you why I think they did this. Like, yeah, 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 tell me. Why do you think they did that? I'm like, ah, okay, well. And that's where I lead them to the, this is what you need to do. This is this what happened, this happened, this happened. And it's, it's just so much better received. So much better received. So, back to his dear Deirdre. Let's see. Let's see what happens here. Um, I'm 39. I'm uh, He's 41, yeah, so let's see if it's what I said, that he seems to express his emotions about something she's heard it as. It's about my knickers. We met four years ago, fell in love fast. Neither of us had been married before. Uh, we were in such a hurry to be together that we moved in after only a few months. I mean, we moved quickly, but not that quick. At first it was great, though our love life has never been wild. He said it wasn't my fault, but he just had no interest in sex. Then came his hints about swigging, but I brushed him off. I knew he watched porn and accepted it as part of our life. Porn doesn't equal swinging. 
Um, then he left his tablet on the table one day, and I saw he'd arranged to go swinging without me. God damn, son. Um, I didn't let on that I knew, and when he came home the next day, I said I was leaving. He insisted he loved me and begged me to stay. He talked, we talked and cried, and that's when I agreed to try out swinging. God damn, this guy's a Jedi. Uh, I put on a tight dress, my bright red lipstick, and an attempt at a confident smile. We drove to a huge house on the opposite side of the town. The walked to a darkened room full of middle-aged people, dressed up to the nines, all getting half cut. I wanted to leave, but thought of my marriage and made myself stay. God damn. We ended up peeling off to a private room with another couple who seemed like seasoned visitors. The whole thing was dire, and I made it clear I'd never try it again. Two years on, we are still married. Uh, we are in love, but we rarely have sex. I know he still goes on swinging sites, but he never talks to me about it. Jesus. He complains about my beige knickers, but he wouldn't know if I wore a red fob. I am lonely and sad. He didn't even bother to get me a card on my birthday. Oh, God. That is horrendous. Um, why, why are you still there? Because if one person's swinging and you're not, they're, they're just cheating. And they're... <laughs> Oh, that is, uh, yeah, that's horrible. The doll's so sad to read. Um, yeah, but I don't. You have to ask him. You have to put him on. And be like, why? Why do you want to? Because he was like, oh, beige knickers. Just like, I haven't. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. You need to take pictures every day and post on your Instagram story. You just show your just the top of your knickers every day. And save those images. Save Do it for a month. Then ask him why he doesn't want to have sex. And when he says it's your beige knickers, you just show him all those pictures every day. Like, I haven't worn beige knickers for a month. What the fuck are you talking about? And then he's... And just, just do what? And just corner him. Women, you have this ability to do it. Just corner him. Just, just pepper him with questions. It'll break. It'll break. Then you actually get to the root of what's pissing him off. But be ready, because it might be something that's so devastating to your ears. You'd be like, it's the hair on your top lip. <laughs> it's your moustache. You'd be like, oh. He's like you, didn't, you didn't know. You know what I about that. And it's going to be crazy for him. It's going to be that. It's going to be something wild like that, I bet. Uh, right, one more. My traditional Christian family have no clue about my sex secret. What is your sex secret? And it's always funny, families don't know about your sex. Yeah, that's normal. You're not a weird family. My, my family doesn't know about my sex. <laughs> my family have evidence that I've had sex, uh... How many times? I've got two kids. They know I was trying. <laughs> we had one attempt. Oh, yeah. Just went for IVF after that. That's enough sex for us. Um, hey, dear Deirdre, I'm hooked on deep fake porn and I've only just realised the stars are probably innocent people whose photo 
has been used fraudulently. I'm a woman of 20. My family's Christian. My parents are very traditional. They don't believe in sex porn. Marriage wouldn't approve if one of us were gay and certainly don't think washing porn is acceptable. I've never had a boyfriend, but I feel very sexual. I've experimented with pleasure myself and have even been looking at soft pornography. Ooh, soft. On a porn site, I came across deep fake porn. Because of the name, I thought it wasn't real. Um, in my head, that felt more acceptable and I assumed the images were all computer generated. I thought it wasn't hurting anyone. God damn. Over time, I've become hooked. But now I've learned that while the images are computer generated, they use real people's images and superpose them onto adult actors' bodies, mostly without their consent. I was horrified after having a conversation with a work colleague about his female friend who was a victim of deep fake porn. Now I feel terrible. I'm unwittingly been a part of a demand for what is a completely vile industry. Mm-hmm. So what's your dilemma here? Because you can just simply not watch it. If you thought your reason for watching this because you thought these people weren't real, but you found them attractive, then just watch just real porn, and then you re- then you'll know. Oh, these are consenting adults who are in these videos. Just do that. That's the fix to your problem. This actually has nothing to do with your parents. <laughs> yeah, this has nothing to do with your parents at all. Uh dear. Oh, yeah, let's see this one. Um, my relationship is perfect, except for one thing. It's going to be sex, isn't it? Yeah, I can't bother to read that one. It's just it's the same thing. Uh, find one more. Okay, this is weird. This is a title here. I found my husband and... Oh, God. This cat sitter. I read it's cat litter. Right, let, let me read what it says and then let's see how you sort <laughs> I found my husband and cat sitter together and they and they weren't feeding the cat. I thought it said I found my husband and cat litter together. And I was like, was this guy having sex with a tray of cat litter? Um done the cheaty ones give me something give me something different give me something different man yeah here we go this is this is cool last one my stepmother is trying to sabotage mine and my dad's relationship dear Deirdre my stepmother is doing everything in her power to sabotage mine and my dad's relationship I've tried to get through to him but he refuses to see the truth and keeps blindly taking her side my dad is 58 and I'm his 30 year old son my mum died a couple of years um, later. So my mum died, and a couple of years later, he met his new wife. She's 52. Okay. Normal age, that's good. She's old enough to be your mum. Only six years old than your dad. That's all normal here. Your mum died, then he met her. It all seems good. Initially, she seemed like a nice woman, but over time, she sh- slowly revealed her true colours. Okay, what you need to get your dad to do is put your inheritance in trust. Okay, that's what it needs to do. Put your inheritance trust. If you've got siblings as well, um, this we need to get these things, these, these conversations. You need to get them locked in early doors where your dad's got sense. Because when you're the one who brings it up, your dad's gonna make out that you're the asshole for bringing it up, and then all of your inheritance is going to going to this new wife. <laughs> I'm telling you, you gotta remember. 
He's inherited your mum's stuff as well. If she didn't put that shit in trust. That's the thing. I'm writing a new joke about this. About uh, One of the reasons I married Naomi is because she'd make a great ex-wife. And that's the thing. It's just like, she's a sensible person. But, that's, that's, there's phases, right, when you split up. So you obviously, in relationships, so you get together, it's all good. You're together, it's all good. You split up, you can focus on the kids. But when new partners come in, that's a new phase. It's a new phase, a new dynamic. Everything's got to work. That new partner's got to get on with your ex on an amicable way. They don't have to be best friends, but they go in an amicable way. But if there's kids involved, they've actually got to have some kind of correspondence with each other. You can't always be there. Sometimes it's going to be a drop-off between kids where it's going to be new partner and ex talk to each other. And that's got to be just at least, uh, hey, you all right? How you doing? Yeah, all good. Cool, cool. Um, oh, you got a new job? Yeah. Right. Well, going well? Nice one. All right, kids, look, get in, get in, get in the car, get in the car. Right, have a good one. Yeah, see you later. It doesn't have to be there. Sit down, have a cup of tea. Let's have a chin wag. I mean, it's per- it's great if you can. I always talk about my mate growing up. He's, his mum and dad remarried to two different people and all four of them hung out with each other. They got on. All four of them got on. They spent four days at one house, four days at another. Um, I remember one, it wasn't parents, it was like an award show. Like, the, you know, like you get like your certificates and stuff, like achievement in this, uh, um, outstanding achievement in that, like maths or whatever. And yeah, my mate, he, who turned up was his mum and stepmom. So his, my picture was with my mum and his picture was with him and he goes, me and my two mums. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I thought that's great. I mean, that's, that's that's great if you could do that. But so in this situation here, this dear Deirdre, you can't have certain conversations at certain stages because that's gone well. So they can have those conversations. They'll know that yeah, when I die, that's got to go to the kids, but this is going to go to you. But at this beginning bit here, you've got to make sure your kids are pads. So if me, I said, me and I'm just split up, then he said, yeah, well, we're splitting up, so this is all going to the kids. Uh, there'll be enough money f- in that trust that if something happened to me, that you could spend it to look after the kids. While we're together, nah, that's all going to Naomi. She, she needs to have all of that so she can do her life, do the kids. But make sure that goes but that's see me thinking she's not with anyone she gets with someone else and it's like oh actually no I might have to change that to that she has to spend it on the kids if she gets with someone else this is all carved out he can't have any of that you know what I mean but then in a weird way it's just like hey if you're gone you're gone you're dead as long as the kids are okay you, ain't, you don't lose your mind and that's the thing she wouldn't I don't think she would but then you just don't know do you Ooh. anyway there's some <laughs> this initially she seemed like a nice woman but over time she's shown her true colors she's completely isolated me and at some at the same time whispers negative things about me to my dad just a few months ago i rang up to ask what we're doing for his birthday and she told me that they were going away for the weekend i bet they didn't go away so when the day came round, i was upset to discover she'd arranged a family meal and then told dad i chose not to show up i know if i rang his home line that she will pick up and then forget to tell him that i've called so didn't just call his mobile. 
this this thing. She's now got her fingers in, but don't worry. There's certain ways of doing things. What are you doing for your birthday? Oh, going away. Then you just call your dad now. All right, dad. You can, I heard you going away for your, your birthday. You go, oh, no, I ain't. It's off. Someone's told me going away. I said, oh. And then he said, oh, um, do you, oh, do you not want me to come? Put it on your dad. Do you not want me to come? He said, oh, no, yeah, can you come? I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be there then. And just correspond with your dad. Your dad's got money. He must have money because this woman's acting crazy. He must, she wants some. She wants some of that money. She doesn't want you to have any. And I find that so weird. So callous to come into a relationship. Be like, I'm taking away from your kids. I've never wanted to date me and my kids. But I don't know. I just feel like it's really... I don't know, my brain's just wired in a way. That if I date some of the kids, it's like, well, I'm not trying to take away from them. I think that's the reason I wouldn't date some of the kids. It's like, it's just long. Because I, I fully accept that we can have something arranged in the diary that you're going to go, oh, something's coming with my kids. And I want to be like... Uh, fair enough, yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, anyway. Um, I know if I ring his home, my dad has grown cold towards me and thinks I don't care about him. Then call him and just go out and meet him, just him, and explain what's happened. But you have to explain what happened in a way that doesn't accuse her of anything. Just go, look, she told me this, this told me that. I'm not saying she's doing it for any reason. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. You've got to allow him to not get def- defensive about her. It's your birthday. No, I was I was told he was going away. Maybe I misunderstood. But um, yeah, that's the only reason I weren't there. I didn't know you were doing something for your birthday. Obviously, of course I'd be there. Just make that effort. Just talk to your dad. Why are you calling your house phone? Dad must have a mobile phone. That's it. Speak to him. Don't speak to her anymore. You've seen that. There's, that's what's happening. Remove her. First thing, you can't go in and go, you need to get rid of her, Dad. Get rid of her. Don't go in with all of that stuff. Just talk to him normally like a like a fully functional adult. And he'll remember he's a fully functional adult. That's it. The last one I want is to lose him, but I'm starting to think I might have no choice. Yeah, listen, mate, that's it. Just talk to your dad directly. That's it. And don't, yeah. And just don't, don't slag her off. Don't slag her off. That's the thing. The moment you say she's this, she's that, it's done. It's done. He he'll he'll just close up. He'll follow her side, and it's over. All right. Anyway, guys, that's the pod. Oh, 50 minutes. I could have left 50 minutes ago. That's terrible. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. I'll go kick, go get tickets for my show. The balcony's open now. There's a few seats left in the circle. Um, let's pack this. Bitch out. All right. You know how to get the tickets if you listen to this pod. You know how to find the tickets. So go find them tickets at the Pleasance. And if you can't come down to London, uh, I will be in Leicester. And I'll also be uh, in Brighton in May. But come to the London shows. That's, that's where it's happening. All right, people. Peace.